Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast is a production of Baylor Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Brooke Bednars and the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Hey, we're glad you're with us this week, John Morris and Brooke Bednars. Brooke, let's uh, let's go down the runway for pole vaulting today with I Baylor like Track and Field. How about that? I, I, that was pretty. That was smooth. John. Oh, thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. And meeting us on the runway or guiding us down the runway, we welcome in Brandon Richards, uh, the pole vault coach for Baylor Track and Field. Brandon, good to have you with us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. It's good to see you. And how about Casey Lightfoot with us, uh, I mean, fresh off. That's a name some people might recognize. I think so. (laughs) Fresh off a Big 12 indoor championship and uh, having a fantastic year and career. KC, it's good to see you again. Heck yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks very much. All right. You guys very nice and relaxed here as we record this. And uh, I'm guessing, uh, KC, feeling pretty good about how things have gone through the indoor portion of the schedule. Oh, of course. I mean, there's so far there's not too much to be too disappointed as. I mean, the main thing is really just kind of staying injury-free. That's one of the biggest things. I mean, results are are one thing, but, I mean, you can't have results if you're injured or if you have – or if you get COVID or anything. So, I mean, it's just trying to stay safe and healthy is the big thing, but the results are they're, – they're coming along too. Tell us a little bit about this year. Obviously, we have all of the stats. I mean, this year alone since 2021 – um, you've set the collegiate record three different times, beating yourself. Um, just walk us through what the preparation was like going into 2020. Last year was crazy, as we all know. And so to get to this point, to be in this indoor season, and to have it go as well as, as it's gone for you so far, uh, just tell us all about that. Yeah, it, it's been a good year for sure. Last year we were rolling into NCAAs right about this time. And um, – yeah, I got shut down, but I mean, there was then outdoor can outdoor season was canceled about a week later, really. But I, I mean, in the way that I went through it, I couldn't stop training. You know what I mean? So it was like I had to keep going because the Olympics weren't they weren't canceled yet. So there was still there was still hope there. I mean, I think we all kind of knew that it was inevitable. It was probably going to happen, but you you couldn't just stop. And I mean, being an athlete, you know that. If you if you just stop and you take all those months off, you got to get them all back. So I mean, I trained all the way through the summer, through the outdoor season. I had I had some like small meets kind of throughout the summer whenever it was starting to die down a little bit and it was a little less strict on all the rules. But um, yeah, I mean, I just I worked real hard in the off season and then I worked real hard last summer and I think it's finally just kind of starting to have time to to show through and I, I really think it is. 
I was listening to some of the interviews that you've done recently because you've been on everyone's radar as of late. Um, and there was one, I saw a picture of something that you keep above your bed. Can you kind of walk us through what that is and how meaningful it was that you were able to add your name to that list? Yeah, that, that was a big one. I'm going to be honest. A lot of people didn't know about that one. It just it just kind of came out in an interview and then I've been asked quite a few times about it actually. But it was a, uh, it was a list that I found in, I think it was like, August of, of 2018 or something like that and it was of uh it was of all the six meter jumpers and that's kind of the magical the magical bar of pole vaulting and I, I I printed it out and I put it behind my behind my pillows like right above the bed frame so it was just always there it was just always kind of just a little reminder thing but um yeah I've always wanted to sign it for sure and the other day I finally got the six meter bar and I got to uh, I got to write my name on sharpie in there so that was a that was a pretty good Pretty good goal accomplished. I like the added addition of Sharpie. Not, yeah. not pen, permanent, <laughs> permanent ink. Yeah, that's permanent. That's not going yes. away <laughs> anytime soon. I remember when you uh, when you finally got there, you know, the magical uh, six meters, when you when you topped that, uh, you were on the Sports Center's top ten that night. That was cool. Yeah, I was, um, I, I was on Sports Center a couple times. I don't remember. One of them was top ten. The other one, the other one was just – just on sports center like highlights. I don't remember which one was which though. Yeah, very good. I mean, that's great. That's great uh, notoriety for you, but for your sport, you know, and for pole vaulting, that's great. Yeah, I mean, we're definitely the last couple of years with with Mondo Duplantis. A lot of people know that name. He's been breaking broke the world record twice in two weeks, and then now kind of I'm showing some light in collegiate. I mean, it's not the most popular event, so it's nice to have a couple couple big names out there that are kind of getting it out there and getting people to view it and maybe might try to get some more people to try it, you know. So it's always good whenever you you can get some publicity to kind of grow the sport. How did you get involved in the sport? Oh, man, it was a long time ago. But um, I used to play baseball for a long time, and I thought that's what I was going to do. But my dad my dad actually did it in high school and college. That's kind of the typical thing for most people because most people don't just see it and like, yeah, I want to try that. But yeah, my dad did it in high school and college, and one day he was like, hey, you, you should try this. And I was like, all right. He was like, I think you'll be pretty good at it. So, I mean, I tried it a couple times, and it, I mean, it kind of just, it went off. It started on a good note, we'll put it that way. And um, I just kind of, I had fun with it, and that's kind of the important thing. So, I mean, I wrote it out and stuck with it, and here we are. <laughs> at what age? So what, what age did you start? Uh, I was I was 13, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is that is that junior high? That's or, or I guess you weren't. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't really through a school, then, was it? it was like no. middle school. It was like it was like middle, in middle school. school. It was like in between seventh and eighth grade. I okay, think, like the summer. All right, very good, very good, and uh, kind of found your niche there. I'm guessing you're. I would say so. Yeah, <laughs> I'm guessing you're a good enough athlete. If you wanted to go back to baseball, or you wanted to go out there, or whichever path you could have would have chosen, you'd been pretty good at it. Yeah, I've always wondered that because you never know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I still love to play baseball, play, go to the batting cages, or just play catch with my brothers and sisters. So it's, I mean, it's always fun. There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Alan Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Alan Samuels Start Something New Sales Event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Alan Samuels. Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business.
Whether on the field or cheering from home, Du Bois Furniture is proud to support the Baylor Bears. If your bear cave needs updating, Du Bois Furniture is here to help. With over 59 years of our family serving yours, let our experienced sales team help you find exactly what you want. We specialize in custom upholstery, stunning dining rooms, elegant bedrooms, gorgeous leather, and top quality mattresses. Come see us in Waco and Temple or visit us online at DuBoisFurniture.com. Du Bois Furniture, where beautiful homes happen. Now, back to the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat. Well, Coach, I, we need to talk with you a little bit and how you, uh, you know, have seen him develop in his few years here. But just in general, before we get into Casey and y'all's working relationship, I want to hear about you and your history with pole vaulting. Um, it's kind of a family affair for you. It is. Uh, my dad's Bob Richards, a two-time gold medalist. He won in 1952 and 56 and won a bronze in 1948. Um, he's the only pole vaulter in history to ever win a gold medal twice. So um, it kind of runs in our family. All my brothers did it. Uh, in fact, I need to recalculate it, but for the longest time, we've held the world family pole vault record. Oh, wow. And it was 126 feet, some change, but I need to recalculate it up since wow. Riley came through. Uh-huh. He kind of upped his PR some, so, but it definitely runs in the family. We're, uh, we're definitely pole vaulters. <laughs> I don't think any family is topping that. I think you guys <laughs> kind of uh, put that one out of sight, out of reach. Yes, sir. That's great. How uh, We were talking before we came on. How's your dad? Uh, he's still here in the Waco area. How's he doing? He is. He's doing great. Uh, he's slowing down a little bit because of his age, yeah. but he's still very active. And like I was mentioning to you, he still uh, keeps the golf links hot and heavy. Good for him. So he stays in shape. His mind's very well. And so he's doing really good. I think, uh, Brooke, uh, it's a little before your time. Uh, <laughs> it was actually a little before my time, but I think of Bob Richards as the first athlete on a Wheaties box. Is that correct? That's not correct. Okay. Uh, All right. There were a, a few before him, I think Babe Ruth and a couple of them, but he was the first track athlete. There you go. Okay. Pole vaulter. He's time. in good company on a Wheaties box. And a little side note, he was the longest running on the front of the Wheaties box. Oh, but he, nice. But he was not the first. Yeah. Okay. That is so cool. Isn't that great? That is so cool. Yeah. We're going to have to find a picture of that. <laughs> Yeah, well, I would say I have one. I've got Michael Johnson Wheaties box here. I don't have one with Bob Richards. So I think I can dig one up for you. Oh, somewhere. now yeah. that would be nice. Yes. That would be nice. <laughs> uh, but, Brandon, working with uh, Casey now, and you're working with Tuesday Tidwell, who won the Big 12 indoor on the women's side. Congratulations. Uh, Baylor swept both of those. And then Annie Rhodes. Now Annie rhodes Jonigan before that. Uh, you, you're having a good uh, run of uh, not good but great pole vaulters. Well, I'm having a blast doing it, and it's a way for me to give back to the sport a little bit, you know, because I do have some knowledge on the vault and some experience with it. And so for me, it's just a great way to give back to the kids. And I just want to say I'm very, very blessed to have these great athletes to be able to work with. So that's a big part of it. What was your journey like to working at Baylor? Because this is your eighth season now with the Bears. I started in 2014, I believe, and it's about eight years. Um I originally, um, because of Annie, because I, you know, worked with her a little bit. And so, uh, I saw that they need a little bit of help in the pole vault. So I started, uh, working with her and decided to come on at Baylor as a volunteer coach. Um, the side bar to that would be my son, Riley, who was a sophomore at the time. So I envisioned him becoming a Baylor bear. So 
I was kind of laying the, the groundwork. <laughs> that. That's right. So, Here you go. Here's the yeah. runway you can run down. <laughs> so that worked out good. Casey, uh, what about Coach Richards, about this entire program, about Baylor, made you decide that this is where you wanted to spend your collegiate career? You know, it was a tough decision for sure because there's I, – I went to five – I took my five official visits to a bunch of good schools and there's not too many, like, pole vault schools. That was kind of one thing that you have – I mean, you have to look at it if you're going to do that. Yeah. And, I mean, they're, they're, it's such a specific and unique event. Not all schools want to invest in it. So, I mean, Baylor was one of them for sure. But really I think one of the main decisions – you can't narrow it down to one for sure – but one big one was definitely our, our trainers and our training room is really is really good. Our academic support is really good. I've known Coach Richards and his son for a long time, so that definitely helps. But we just have such we have a lot of amenities that didn't were, that weren't quite the the same level in, at some of the other schools. So it kind of all boiled down to a big a big decision. You can't really I couldn't narrow it down to one though. And, well, there was a Baylor connection, too, uh, growing up, right? There was a Baylor connection. I would, that didn't have too much to do with it, but there was. Yeah, right. My coach, Coach Cooper, whenever I, he started training me whenever I was young. Right. He, uh, yeah, he was a Baylor Bear. He's still on the all-time top ten list, I think. You had knocked him completely off the top ten I'm, list. I'm pretty sure he's still on there somewhere. <laughs> Uh, was he ever uh, was he ever in your ear, you know, even subtly about Baylor or, you know, he was just he was your coach and wanted the best wherever that was for you? He it was more of the he was my coach and That's he kind of wanted the best for wherever, yeah. wherever I wanted to go. I mean, he was going to he was going to be behind me. He was going to support my decision. So, yeah. 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 Did he tell you stories about when he was jumping here? I've heard some stories. Hey, man, whatever he said is probably true. Brandon, you remember this. (laughs) I mean, those guys, I mean, it was Todd Cooper, it was Bill Payne, it was David Hodge, and those guys were just competing against each other, you know, more than any other, uh, you know, competing against any other team. They were great when they were here. I mean, that was a great Great group of pole vaulters. Yeah, sure. Well, actually, Bill Payne came a little bit later after. Todd. Oh, okay. It was Todd okay. Cooper, David Hodge, and Mike Chaffee. Mike Chaffee. I'm yes, sorry. Sir. Yeah, thanks very much. And they were the, as far as I know, the first collegiate pole vault team to all three go 18 feet in the same meet. How about that? And uh, wow. So that was kind of, they were a very strong pole vault crew for sure. And then later, years later, Bill Payne and myself and Chris Bohannon came along. Okay, okay. And we were the second pole vault team to ever jump. All three of us jumped 18 feet in the same How meeting. about so, that? Yeah. So that kind of worked out nice. And Gosh. coincidentally, you know, Todd was his high school coach, but he was my coach when I was here at Baylor. So oh, is that right? Todd and I were on the same page a lot as far as coaching style and technique. Right. And so that kind of worked well for KC. Yeah. Easy transition. Yeah. Could you see, uh, you know, Todd's kind of fingerprints on KC, you know, having coached him and then when he got here to Baylor? Oh, sure. You know, coming out of high school, you know, he was 18-5 high schooler and jumped – over 18 feet 12 times as a senior so and you know i talked with todd we were we're best friends even to this day we fly a lot together um but anyway um i knew he had a lot of potential and coming out of high school he was probably had one of the best approaches and best takeoffs in the game so um while he's been here at baylor i've just been working on his top end getting a little tighter and you know getting more efficient coming off the top of the pole but like I said, he was one of the world's best on the approach and takeoff. So I had very good things to work with coming out of high school. It's a calling that's kept us free. 
It's a place to belong. What's the calling? It's doing a job that makes a difference. Serving your community and your country. It's part-time service where the impact is full-time. What's your calling? Air Force Reserve. AFreserve.com. If you need a trailer, Flat Rock Trailers has got you covered. From light-duty single-axle utility trailers to the big text tandem duels. We also carry a full line of enclosed cargo trailers. Need a motorcycle trailer? We've got them. Need a dump trailer? We've got the largest selection in the state. Oil field trailers? We carry a full line of big text trailers to handle all your needs. Trailer repairs? We repair all makes and models. We'll even rent you a trailer if you need to use one for a day. Flat Rock Trailers, your number one source for all your trailer needs. Find us at flatrocktrailers.com. To say my wife and I have a lot to clean is an understatement. So we go to TNG Chemical, where the pros know what cleaning solutions to use and give us detailed instructions on exactly how to use them. We never got that kind of advice from any other stores. And the prices at TNG are great, from general household cleaners to odor control solutions for our pets. We go to TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. TNG Chemical and Supply. That's why. You're listening to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics. Here again are Brooke Bednars and John Morris. Tuned in to the Sikkim Podcast, a production of Baylor Athletics, presented by Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat on the web at alansamuelsdcj.com. Visiting with Baylor pole vault coach Brandon Richards and junior Casey Lightfoot. And uh, and you guys uh, you still, is there anything left indoors or is the next? Oh, the indoor nationals are coming up next, right? That's uh, Casey next on the schedule. Yeah, it's a big one. And that is in Arkansas. What uh, what does that look like? I know you guys know very well. You know the the uh, facilities, the runway, things like that. Uh, Casey, what's it like at Arkansas? Hey, Arkansas is a good place. There's been a lot of national championships there. A lot of fast times are run there too, just for like sprints. There's been there's been some high jumps. The runway was getting it. It was it's it's a it's a board runway. So I mean it's a it was getting a little worn out. But I know that they resurfaced it. Um, just recently, so it'll it'll be a good runway for sure. It'll be a good a good setup. How prepared do you feel going into this meet? Oh, I feel great. I feel great. Um, yeah, there's like we were talking about earlier. I mean, there's not too much that's gone too bad through the season. So I mean, I I got some confidence coming into the meet, and that's always a positive thing. But um, football's one of those things you never know what's going to happen. So, but I, I mean, I feel good. Training's been going well. I feel strong. I mean, there's nothing to, nothing for me to worry about right now. You just had your fifth 5.9 meter meet in a row. Um, that is crazy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right. I, I feel bad saying it in meters for people to, you know, what is that quick translation to feet? 590 is 19 four and a quarter. 19 feet. That is crazy. <laughs> Thank you for that translation. But, um, you know, just knowing that consistency is key and then you've had that shot you've hit six meters and then you've even attempted 6.02 you got to feel really really good about the consistency behind all your jumps and that it wasn't just you got to six meters you know on a fluke yeah consistency is one of the biggest things in pole vault because you know if you go if you go overseas or you start you go professional or something you start trying to win money I mean yeah you might get you might get one real good jump but you want to you want to stay consistent and you can you can get a lot more money that way if you're talking the professional level but I mean even 
not a professional level, if you're trying to go that route, I mean, consistency, you see numbers, it's like, yeah, it looks better if you see 90, 94, 95, 6 meters than if you saw, like, 20, 6 meters, Mm -hmm. 20, like, just kind of one of those things. But, yeah, I mean, I saw some stat um, not too long ago that said, like, the record for Americans indoors was was three meets in a row over 590. And I, I I... tied that and then i jumped it two more times after that so now i have five so wow. I, I guess that's a little fun fact Jeez. that is a fun fact that's consistent also <laughs> that, that, is consistent. that is major consistency what's the uh what's the what's the part of your makeup kc uh personality wise i mean you got to be a little bit of a daredevil to be a, a pole vaulter uh i think in in track and field you can go out there pretty much anybody can go out there and they can run at some level they can you know not very Toss well. Toss a shot. Me, well, I'm saying meh. at some at some <laughs> level. Any of the events, really, I mean, even going over a hurdle, most people could do that. But pole vaulting, I mean, it's its, its own animal there. And I would guess you'd have to have uh, the personality to want to, you know, throw your body 19 feet in the air. Backwards. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely a unique event, and it's not, it's not for everybody. They do say that most pole vaulters are crazy in some way, and I, I believe it for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, I I hear it a lot. It's like any, I say anybody can pole vault, but not anybody can pole vault well. There you go. Okay. So it's one of those things. It's like in, if you're not pole vaulting well, then well, yeah, the chance of injury gets a lot higher. But um, but yeah, it's it's different than uh, just running running around the track yeah. and turning left. Yeah, exactly. Is is there or was there a fear factor that you had to get over? I mean, anything like that? Even when you were a lot younger? No, I mean I was a pretty pretty active kid whenever i was growing up i I always like to jump go cliff jumping into water of course there you go um i rode dirt bikes growing up so i did a bunch of things that you could also kind of put the adrenaline rush to yeah yeah but whenever i started pole vaulting it wasn't anything too crazy because you got to remember i started and i was only jumping eight foot yeah so it's like whenever you progress only only eight foot but whenever you progress and it's it's not like a I mean, it's still progressing slowly, of course. I mean, it has come over the last few years pretty strong. But I, I started from 8 foot, went to 9 foot, 10 foot. I went through all the stages, so it was nothing. There wasn't any, like, massive crazy jumps yeah. in there that were just so out of the ordinary. So, I mean, I got I got used to it pretty quick. I got you. Brandon, you've been around the sport your whole life, really. Uh, do you see in pole vaulters maybe a, a, uh, a characteristic personality uh, trait that, that makes them want to do this or makes them successful? And now you're categorizing yourself. And, well. and yourself, yeah. <laughs> well, for years it's been kind of joked about that if you were going to create a pole vaulter, Frankenstein style, you know. <laughs> right. Yeah. That you'd have to have the speed of a sprinter, you'd have to have the agility of a gymnast, and you'd have to have the strength of a weightlifter. And also in those ingredients, you have to be half crazy. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I say that jokingly, half crazy, but it's more, you have to be mentally sound. Sure. You have to be yeah. strong, strong mentally, and no doubt, no fears. And it's, it's hard because, like this kid here, we're getting him on 520, which are 17-foot poles that are 13.3, 13.0 flex. It's a stiff pole. That's, yeah. And you have to be mentally right mm-hmm. to be able to plant those kind of poles, no matter how good you are. So the mental aspect of it is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Now explain that to. I was about to say, let's go into a little. Right. There's a whole thing about poles and, and the Oof. different stiffness of them and the length and all, all the things. I learned a little bit from Annie, but that's something, you know, when our women's basketball team and our men's basketball team pick up a ball, it's the same ball yeah. no matter where they go. 
Um, but you guys have a different, you know, options. Well, you, you have options of the length of the pole, how high you can grip on it. And that is a result of how fast you are and how tall you are with your levers and so forth. So the length of the pole with your hand grip is a part of it. And then also the stiffness of the pole. Um, you know, he weighs right around 165-ish. Your poles are what rated about 205? Two, uh, two, two, two tens, So he's jumping on poles that are literally, you know, 40, almost 40, 40, 50 pounds above his weight. Good grief. So when you load, if you think about like a spring, if you load that spring and that spring is going to throw 40 pounds extra weight, it's going to, it's going to give you a launch. Right. So, um, but there's that, um. What do you have to say? What they're made of. You're the one planting them. I mean, yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Uh, yeah, what they're made of is a lot different kind of too. There's um, mine that I jump on are fiberglass right now, but there's some kind of, I guess you could say, newer kind of deals that are, um, they got some carbon fiber in them. So it, it, there's a bunch of different things. Poles are always one of those tough topics because they're just so hard to explain. There's only one Motor Trend Truck of the Year. It's Ram from Alan Samuels. Now, kick off the new year with remarkable savings on new Rams during the Alan Samuels Start Something New sales event. This special New Year's event is underway right now, and you can save thousands on new Rams. Ram, for your family, farm, or business at Waco's most trusted dealer, Alan Samuels. Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat, your friend in the car business. I hate my job, but I don't mind getting up in the morning. I dread each day, but I can't wait to get out of bed. You ask me why, and what I'll say to you is true. Well, you can get breakfast tacos at Rudy's Barbecue. Scrambled eggs and brisket, they ain't fooling around. Salsa wraps on there, the best in town. Barbecue for breakfast, yes, it's true. Put a smile on your morning at Rudy's Barbecue. This is the Sikkim Podcast, presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco, online at alansamuelsdcj.com. This is the Sikkim Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we invite you to subscribe, download, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, Apple. It's on the Baylor website at baylorbears.com. We'd love to have you subscribe and tune in each week for a new edition of the Sikkim Podcast. What about uh, the, uh, the, the marks we talked about, men's and women's? Uh, Brandon, in your time here, going back to Annie Rhodes, uh, I mean, back to your time here coaching, but with Annie Rhodes and Tuesday now, and now uh, freshman Alex Kubacek uh, on the women's side, I mean, it is a it is an impressive run of outstanding pole vaulters. They've done a great job, and they're they're making my job easy, and they're making me look good as well. Uh, it's it's mainly the athletes. I've been very blessed and be able to recruit some good kids here, um, and Annie helped with that starting with her reputation. Um, but it's been a good run. And, uh, you know, Baylor's a great place to be. We've got good facilities. We've got great support. Um, we're Christian school. Um, it's not very hard to recruit to Baylor. It's kind of sells itself. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, we've been quarter mile or you forever. Uh, maybe we're pole vaulter you now, <laughs> <laughs> you think? Or add that to quarter mile or you. Well, you can never take away the history of the quarter mile here at Baylor. Uh, Michael Johnson and the, the whole raft of them, they've done 
they've made history. Right, so right. So you can't argue that. But um, pole vault is coming on strong, and I don't know if we'll call ourselves pole vault you yet, but we're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one day, one day. Well, of the marks that John was just talking about, the top 13 indoor men's marks all belong to this young man right here. Um, and then as of late, I mean, let's just go through the three collegiate records that he set this year, 5.94 meters, 5.95 meters, and then the six, the magic number, six meters. Um, coach, I want to hear from you when you were witnessing him meet those records, break those records, and to have him continually progress each weekend. Um, we're kind of jealous because they were all out in Lubbock and in front of all of their fans. But – um, to be there and to see that and to have had him, you know, with him all throughout these years and to have him finally hit that magical mark. What was that like for you? Oh, it was wonderful. It was a moment to remember for sure. That being said, I wasn't very surprised that it was that it happened mm-hmm. because I was kind of expecting it um, based on his first two years here. And then the great training that he did during the COVID uh, uh, lockdown there. Um he was making 580, you know, 19 foot bars from medium run, six left. So, um, and we had raised his grip. That was the one thing we wanted to do this year. He was gripping about what, 16, 16, one ish. And then I said, KC, we got to raise your grip up there. And so we've now he's gripping about 16, five. So we've gotten about four inches grip raise out of him. Um, and what's the benefit of that? Well, if you can hold higher, you can jump higher basically. Um, so, but, uh, I wasn't surprised at all. I knew it was coming. Um, but to actually witness it, it's a thing of beauty. I mean, a six-meter bar, you know, sometimes they say the elusive bar. Mm-hmm. And that six-meter bar is definitely elusive. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have to be on your game. Everything has to be clicking just right. You have to be physically sound, mentally sound, mm-hmm. ready to go. Um, but the way he was jumping bars, the, the you know, the, what, two or three meets before that, he had, he, if you average his average heights, I mean, you know, 94, 90, 95, six meter. He's averaging right at about 595, which is incredible. Wow. So mm-hmm. that being said, I mean, I knew it was a matter of time. And uh, this last meet, he took really close attempts at six meters again, but uh, first attempt ever at 602. Mm-hmm. And uh felt like a pretty high bar, didn't it? No, it was my first time. I, I went 602 after I jumped six meters. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I forgot. It, where? <laughs> Here in practice? No, it was no, at the meet. Oh, at the meet. Oh, you attempted it, right. Yeah, I took but you didn't clear it. I got you. I got you. That's right. Forgot about that one. Um, yeah. So, Casey, I do want to, when when you hit six and you watch them raise that bar up there so you could attempt it, and as it's getting moved up, what what's going on in your mind before you hit it? At six meters? Yes. Oh, the at the six meters was the big one, for sure. Because, I mean... I've I've done it. I had it a couple times before that. I I attempted after 94. I attempted after 95. So I had a couple meets attempting it and never kept it up there. And it was um, what made the whole thing even worse. Uh, worse, not exactly worse. But, yes. <laughs> but it was it was the third attempt. So yeah, there was a lot of emotions running wow. through. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I I took my first two at six meters and then like even when, even whenever you know like it, where it's at. Like after I jumped I jumped 90. 90 before six meters the first time yeah 90 and then I, I went to six meters after that and it's like it feels weird sometimes saying it because you're like what they're like what do you want to go to next and i'm like 
six meters. Six I mean, meters. it's time. We got to yeah. do it now. Yeah. And it's like it's kind of weird even saying that. But then you, I mean, you get back to the back of the runway, and it's not it's not that crazy because I've, I've jumped at it before right. now. But um, but yeah, it's crazy because it's, it's way up there for sure. I mean, like I said, I took multiple shots at it before I finally kept it up there. And people always ask, they're like, "Man, you 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 blew up ninety four, you blew up ninety five. What what happened at six meters?" And I'm like, "Guys, it's just it's just really high <laughs> up there's there. a little gap there." <laughs> I'm like, "It's just really high up there." It was like, I, "Yeah, I missed it. It was still a great jump, but yeah. it's just everything has to be so perfect." Yeah. So I'm glad that it's starting to become more of a normal thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, it definitely t- takes some of the the pressure kind of nerves that just are standard that come along with it off. So when you hit the six, is that when you did the backflip? Oh man. Yeah. That's when I did the backflip. <laughs> I got, I got a lot of comments on the backflip because I mean, um, it wasn't pretty. It wasn't pretty, but I had no, no, in, <laughs> at no, that point it doesn't matter what it looks no like. No intentions of doing the backflip. Um, yeah, I, I, I wish it was better. I really do <laughs> because I got a lot of comments on it, and I'm I'm really good at backflips. Is, the, is the, sto- the moral of the story? But there was so much emotions running through. Like I popped up off the pit. I knew it stayed. It was a third attempt, so there was mm-hmm. extra emotions from that. And I, I kind of landed on my heels after I bounced back up and threw through some fist bumps. I I was already falling backwards, <laughs> and I knew I would I was gonna rotate at least to get around and land on my yeah. knees and. Yeah, and I saw the video afterwards, and I just I knew I was going to get a bunch of comments about it. Hey, nobody's faulting you for <laughs> no, that at cleared, all. The, yeah, the it was one very that spontaneous. Was supposed to be perfect was perfect. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you were thinking clearing the clearing the bar. Yeah. You weren't yeah. thinking about the post celebration. <laughs> that was great. If you jump six meters, you can react however you want. However you want to, exactly, and it's all going to be good. I do have one follow up question because I asked. Kellen, last I do uh, here with us today, I asked him this, and he said he wasn't 100% sure, so I want to feel oh you boy. all out. So um, it does stand out to me that you have cleared six meters and that you attempt that regularly, and then you skipped 6.01, which is the American, correct? And you just went straight to 602. Um, what's the mindset behind that? You don't even want to attempt to try. Tie it. You just want no, to no. I don't win it outright. It. Yeah, I don't want to tie it. I want. It, I want. I want it to be mine. <laughs> I love that. That's good. That's a great that. mentality. Yeah. So NCA indoors coming up in a couple of weeks, March twelfth and thirteenth in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas. We talked about that. Then you go outdoors. Uh, explain to all of us uh, the difference in your sport indoors compared to outdoors. The biggest difference is the weather. Right. I mean. You can jump in – the temperature is obviously a, an important factor, but I wouldn't say it's the most important factor. The most important factor for us is probably wind because, I mean, whenever you look at it, you're holding the seven – you're running with a 17-foot stick and you're trying to stick it in a <laughs> 8 inch thing on the ground. And, I mean, if you got wind blowing, it's like you're carrying a sail. Huh, yeah. So, I mean, it's going all over the place. And it, it, with too much wind, it just becomes kind of a, a safety factor. So that that's our, that's our biggest risk factor and – kind of decider on like how the meat's kind of going to play out. Any wind, I mean no wind is great, but is a little tailwind good or oh, yeah, or, yeah. I mean you'll take wind. that, right? A little tailwind is what you always hope for. <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. But that even that can't be too much, right? Yeah, I mean it, there's more of a limit on that one. I mean you can take, I mean 10 miles an hour is kind of getting towards the top. End. Okay. I mean, probably okay. about a five mile an hour tailwinds. I yeah. mean, perfect. Hmm. But uh, the problems when you get start getting crosswinds and headwinds. Yeah. Yeah. 
in comparison, just imagine trying to run with a four by eight sheet of plywood <laughs> into the wind <laughs> right. or with a crosswind or no with thanks. a tailwind. <laughs> it, it It's almost the same with that pole. Wow. So it yeah. does catch the wind. It yeah. Like you said, a sail, <laughs> kind yeah. of running with a sail. That's amazing. Do you prefer indoor or, or outdoor? They both have their pros and cons. Um, I like indoors a lot because it's just all constant. I mean, there's no wind factor that you got to deal with or any weather. But I, I do like outdoors a lot just because I like being outside a lot. I mean, I like being under the sun. I mean, it always feels good. But um, I've always I've always liked outdoor season. But I think it's just because I like the weather outside. Yeah. Like just staying outside in the sun. Just It's just nice outside. Sure. Get the vitamin D in. You always feel pretty good. But, um, but the, I mean, it's hard to say not indoors just because it's so con- – I mean, it's just all the same every time. How do your goals adjust moving from indoor to outdoor? I mean, the goals don't – my goals are just – they still kind of just – they're not too too different. I would um, – I mean, the goal kind of right now is indoors. I would like to jump 602 in, in Arkansas and break the American record. I mean, but, I mean, obviously, if that doesn't happen, it's it's okay. I've had a pretty good indoor season. Um, pretty pretty good. But <laughs> moving into outdoors, my I mean, my, my goal kind of changes to 607 because the American okay. record outdoors is 606. So, I mean, it's just one of those things. If you get one of those tailwind days, perfect day, yeah. I mean, 607 is not out of the question. Wow. So, fantastic. where are you right now? Like, where do you sit usually for outdoor? I haven't had an outdoor season in so yeah. long. I don't know. True. Yeah. That's so, a good I don't, point. I don't Last even year know what my, what my mark is on outdoors. My, I think it's 582 from short run, so 19-1 from a mid run. You're sitting uh, number one in the NCAA right now, number one in the Big 12, obviously, number three in the world. When you start talking about world rankings, uh, obviously you think about the Olympics coming up, delayed, uh, postponed from last year, from 2020 to 2021. And I know that is uh, very high on your uh, list of, of goals and, uh, you know, uh, hopefully uh, achievements is to make the Olympic team. Yeah, that's that's the big meat of the year for sure. Um, I have my spot for the Olympic trials already, so um, we're just kind of training until then, trying to trying to peak right there. And when will that be? Uh, June, late late June. It's the week after NCs. Yeah. Okay. okay. Perfect. Did it uh, uh, with the postponement from last year? How, how did you how did you handle that? How did you how that affect you, if at all? Um, it it didn't really affect me in any too bad of a way i mean i knew the olympics was gonna probably get postponed so um but for me in my situation it it was almost almost a good thing because i mean i'm still young Mm -hmm. i'm only 21 so last year i was 20 year old Mm -hmm. so um i i was jumping pretty good last year too i was jumping 19 foot pretty consistently so that's a that's a good mark but i knew now that i have this extra year i got i mean i got a lot of room to grow and mature even more and that's that's kind of what i did i i improved my jump a lot so i mean now it's taking that consistency from 580 to 590 595 kind of deal so it it helps me for sure um but yeah i can see a lot of other people's aspects too because i mean if you're closing in on say the end of your your career right. i mean that extra year it's a long i mean it feels like a long year sure. so it'd be really tough to to try to peak yet again for somebody who's kind of near in the end who's your main competition to make the u.s team oh man the u.s is stacked right Mm -hmm. now but i mean i guess the big ones we get to take three to the olympic to the olympic games so i mean i guess right now chris nielsen sam kendricks i mean jacob wooten zach bradford we got we're we're, the u.s is stacked right now so yeah 
That's a good problem to have. (laughs) (laughs) That's great competition. Yes. It is. uh, You know, but anything can happen at nationals. Mm -hmm. Uh, Through the years I've been doing this, you know, these big meets, the trials, national championships, you always want to go in being a little bit conservative Mm -hmm. and don't count your chickens before they're hatched, Mm -hmm. so to speak, Uh, because anything can happen. But with this kid, I mean, let's be honest, he's with his average, he's – about you know 10 15 centimeters above everyone else in collegiately uh on in the elite level um he's still leading the pack fairly well i mean kendricks and nielsen these other guys nielsen's jumped to 595 93 right? um but they're gonna have to step it up mm. i mean he's putting the pressure on him for sure wow that is wild. The, I love that. Very tr- proud to have you here. The trials in June are where? Are they in Eugene or they where? They are in Eugene. Okay, out there. The mecca of uh, <laughs> college track and field out there. Well, it's great to visit with you guys. We appreciate it. Continued success. Congratulations, uh, KC, you. and what you've already accomplished. And, Brandon, uh, congratulations on uh, your students and what they continue to do. And it's great to visit with you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us, Thank John. Thank you. All right. Yes, absolutely. And keep – keeping on because y'all are repping Baylor extremely well. And we're very grateful that we were able to, you know, y'all were able to squeeze us in. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks to Casey Lightfoot being with us, uh, Baylor junior pole vaulter and Brandon Richards, Baylor pole vault coach for Brooke Bednars. I'm John Morris. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next week with another edition of the Sikkim podcast. You've been listening to the Sikkim podcast. Presented by your friend in the car business, Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat in Waco. Online at alansamuelsdcj.com. The Sikkim Podcast has been a production of Baylor Athletics.